no matter how dire your circumstances are, you still have choices. And what your life fundamentally is in terms of achievement is the choices you make. Hey guys, welcome back to The Todd V Show. And with this show, I once again remind you that it is The Todd V Show and not necessarily The Todd V Dating Show. Uh, We specifically have two questions today that are not dating related and we got these from you. Put out a little message on my Instagram looking for some questions of this nature, life questions, self-help questions, that kind of stuff, and you guys duly delivered, so thank you for that. By the way, if you do want your questions answered, you can write them in comments on Instagram or on YouTube. You can also write them to questions at toddvdating.com. And speaking of Instagram, you may have noticed there have been periods in the past where it's been very active, periods where it's been very not active. You can expect it to be active again in the near future. We've just curated a lot of new content there. So if you do want to check out Instagram, Todd V Dating, um, you can check it out. Uh, I believe it's Todd V Dating. If not, we'll put on the screen um, or in the comments and description exactly what it is. But I think it's Todd V Dating is my Instagram name. So anyway, you can check that out as well. But without too much more preamble, let's get into the questions. Today's first question falls into the realm of what I would call dark and cynical. But here we go. How do I improve in a society with a corrupt system, nepotism, and bigotry? And normally I would have thought that this was, you know, a question coming from like, you know, communist China or former Soviet Russia or something like that. But the way the world's been going recently worldwide and even in my own country, who knows where this person's from. With respect to this, if you live in a corrupt system, you want to be aware of that. Why? To cover your and protect yourself, right? If you live in a system of corruption, you want to make sure that you are not subject to that corruption as much as humanly possible. So to that extent, you want to be aware of it and you want to take precautions. However, when you are thinking about your future and thinking about your possibilities, you don't want to allow those thoughts of corruption and negativity and whatnot to so cloud your judgment or so dampen your spirits that you give up before you get started, right? So the first thing I would say is no matter how bad things seem, they're never infinitely bad. There is always something you can do to some degree. Even if you do live, let's say, for example, you live in an incredibly corrupt state where the government controls almost everything and you have very little freedom. Even in those places, there are opportunities for growth or excellence or little bursts of you know capitalism and free will. These things can happen. And even in those kind of places, there are opportunities if you're clever and smart and plan to maybe get out and put yourself in a better situation somewhere else in the world, somewhere down the road. So there are always opportunities, there are always choices. And within this, I think of sort of like people in in prisons or one, one great genre that I've always been a huge fan of in, in literature and movies and stuff like that is actually prison literature, prison movies. Because I've always found it sort of inspiring how people who are reduced to very few choices, at least in these movies, maintain their dignity and maintain their their ability and free will to the extent they can. And they still find little bits of meaning and they still find ways to take whatever control of their life they can. They still remain sort of like human and positive amidst situations that are pretty much as bad as you can possibly imagine. If you talk about a situation where the deck stack against you, you know, prison is kind of the ultimate example of that. So take a lesson from those. Although, you know, obviously prison literature may be romanticized. It may not be a reflection of real prison and, and et cetera, et cetera. But take a little lesson from those and from, from people in those extremely dire circumstances, which is no matter how dire your circumstances, circumstances are, you still have choices. And what your life fundamentally is in terms of achievement is the choices you make, right? So you want to be thinking about that which is in your control, regardless of the circumstance. And in a sense, 
if um, very little is in your control, doing the right thing and doing what is in your control, while it may be hard, at least it's simple. At least there are fewer decisions and fewer choices to make. So in that sense, it's a little bit better. However, in most cases in the current modern world, no matter how bad and corrupt you may think the system you're living in is, it's still in the vast majority of the world better than it's been throughout the majority of human history. Right? If you look at the majority of human history, we're looking at like little bursts of hope and a whole lot of dark ages. Right, we're looking at like, you know, the inspiration of ancient Greece, inspiration of ancient Rome, inspiration of like the Renaissance and, and some of the modern era. I would say, you know, the United States in the past 200 years in general has been a, a point of inspiration. But you're also looking at basically from from the fall of Rome to to the Renaissance area era um, of basically dark ages. And you're looking at like, you know, throughout human history up until, say, 3000 BC, like pure, rough living dark ages, tough times. OK, so. As bad as things may seem currently compared to what they could be or compared to what it is in another country, you're still probably living a much easier, much better life with a lot more opportunity than 99.9% of people who have lived in history had. So understanding that, take it with a grain of salt, understand how good you actually have it, and understand that you do have a lot of choices. And you have a ton of choices regarding how you spend your time to try and grow things. So for example, let's say you did live in a, a society where it's very hard to, to get a super good job and uh, you don't have a lot, of, a, a lot of freedom to do you know, various social activities or whatever, right? Well, you do your job and then in your spare time, you read, you learn, you study, and maybe by studying, and learning, you give yourself an opportunity to connect with someone because almost every country has the internet. You connect with someone in another country, they're inspired, they hire you, they sponsor you, you leave your country, and now you're in a better situation. Things like that can happen if you try and make them happen, especially if you're consciously trying to make them happen. Even aside from leaving your country, set up a little business. Set up a little side business, set up a little side hustle, set up a little something you can do for a little bit of extra money, extra goods to accumulate. And then you take that money, you can start investing it. If your country's bad for investing or your area's bad for investing, invest it somewhere else. There's a lot of, again, scope to be global in this world. And you can have your money working in a foreign country where things are more efficient, even if you're not. And in fact, if your country kind of sucks financially, if you are investing and making dollars in denominated in another currency that is a healthy economy, well, that's going to come back even as a bigger return for you. So in essence, your company, your country being bad is actually helping your investments to be more profitable. All right. So every cloud kind of has a server lining, as cheesy as that sounds. And it, there's this whole like kind of apparently it's a Chinese expression that like crisis and opportunity are the same word. That, that, I messed that all up. Apparently, allegedly in Chinese, ancient language, Chinese, crisis and opportunity, the same word, something like that. Crisis and opportunity are related, okay? So the point is every crisis is opportunity. Or if, you wanna, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, chaos is a ladder. The point is that there is opportunity if you look for it. But if you're looking at the world as bleak and lacking opportunity, you're going to miss the opportunities that exist and your life will become proportionally more bleak. So if you are living in rough circumstances, should you be the you know modern incarnation of Pollyanna and smile on your smile on your face and sing a song and act like everything's good? No, you should not. You need to recognize how bad things are when they're bad. And you need to protect yourself and be safe and cover your ass for sure. However, also recognize the opportunities that are created by things being bad. Okay, most businesses exist by filling a need of some kind. 
The worse things are, the more needs there are to be filled. Now, that's not to say that you're better off in a in a you know a shitty situation, shitty country, shitty company, whatever, than you would be if you were in a place where things are running smoothly. That's obviously not the case, right? Things running smoothly gives more opportunity for everybody. But the point is, regardless of where you are, you still have choices that you can make, and each and every one of those small choices is going to dictate your success. So however bad it is, you still have control to make it better. And regardless of how big or small each of those choices can affect your outcome, each and every choice is absolutely as critical and your focus and your outlook should be exactly the same in those dire circumstances in terms of looking for opportunity, believing that your choices matter as they would be in an amazing circumstance. Next question we have is a little more optimistic. In fact, it's a very traditional self-help question. I think a good one. I almost didn't answer it because it's just been answered by so many people so many different ways, but I do think I have a unique take on it. I think I handle this aspect of life a little bit differently than most people or most successful people. So that may actually mean my answer sucks. And if you feel that's the case, feel free to ignore it. But this has worked for me and it is unique. So I I wanted to answer I wanted to share my thoughts on it. Anyway, the question is, how do you manage time? What are your strategies? So the interesting thing regarding me and time is that me and time don't have a very close relationship. Okay. I rarely know what day of the week it is. I've had times when I don't know how old I am. Like I literally don't know that my birthday has passed or it hasn't been a significant enough event in my life for me to have noticed or cared. When in middle school, we were asked to keep like day planners I, I I hated it. It, w- it was like more work to do a couple little scribbles in my day planner and, and remember to do that during the day than any like long math assignment or long paper I had to write. It was just, I could not bring myself to do it because it felt so stupid and so pointless. In hindsight, I do kind of wish at times I was more organized and I, I wish that it was a lesson I had learned at times. But anyway, I never really did learn that. And yet... I've managed to be, you know, by most standards, pretty successful in a lot of things in life. I've, you know, succeeded in sports. I've succeeded as a poker player. I've succeeded as an investor. I've succeeded in in this current business and, and a few other ventures. Overall, I've I've done pretty well. I've done well romantically, etc. So I've lived, you know, a, a way better than average life in spite of having, you would say, poor organizational skills and poor sort of time-related scheduling organizational type skills. So how have I done it? Well, one thing I will say, and this I was actually going to say at at, at kind of the end of this answer, but I'm just going to say it up front because it occurs to me, is that at a certain level of success, you can hire people to be organized for you, right? So I do have someone who manages my calendar. I do have a calendar set up to do reminders, et cetera. And you can definitely get a person to do this for not very much. You can get a virtual assistant to handle this offshore for pretty cheap if you're in a, like a first world country. And you can even set up automated stuff with your computer where you set it once and then it will help you over and over and over again. So you can automate a lot of this stuff so you don't have to be on top of it. And that can definitely work. However, that's not the main answer I would give. My, my main answer to time management doesn't have to do with time management or organization, okay? In fact, when you say the word time management to me, I think to myself, time is not manageable. Time is, it, it's passing at one second per second throughout your entire life. And it's just going to keep passing and keep ticking away no matter what you do. So it's, it's the one thing that's least manageable of anything in life. The thing that you can manage or control is your activity. Okay. So I don't look at time management. I look at activity management. I look at um, achievement management, if you will. And so what I try and do is I try and do things that matter to me. I try and do things that I find significance in and try and find do things that I find purpose in. And if I do that, I find that I am by default managing my time well because I am, it's not so much how much you get done that matters. 
it's how much that matters you get done. And so if you spend all of the time that you're working on things that matter, even if you get less in total done, you're going to get more that matters done than someone who's spending a lot of time on trivial tasks and busying themselves for the sake of being busy. I think there are a lot of people that are very focused on being busy for the sake of being busy. They're very focused on trying to feel productive and trying to be doing something at all times. And they end up doing a lot of trivial, meaningless things instead of a lot of really important things. And I try not to do that. And so by doing things I'm passionate about, by doing things I deeply enjoy, and I don't mean superficially enjoy the way you enjoy like an ice cream cone. I mean, deeply enjoy the way you enjoy accomplishing something and looking back with pride and, and like um, self-esteem created by the, by the event. That's the kind of thing that I'm, that I'm going for um, in, in my activities and what I'm trying to achieve in life. Um, and so a good metric I have for myself is at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month, whatever time period you choose, and this should be true of all time periods, ideally, I want to look back and feel I lived it well. That's it. That's my goal. My goal is at the end of the day to be able to look back and be like, I lived today well. Or at the end of the month, I did a good month. You know, I, I did a good month. That's not even like grammatically correct, I don't think, but that's how I think of it. I did a good month. I did a good year. I did a good day. I, I made good things happen. And sometimes that means focusing super, super hard on your business to the point that it's like brutal and you're like, you know, falling asleep with your computer on your lap for days on end because that's what's required. That's not sustainable and that's not how you should be doing things. But certain times when you have deadlines, that's what it means. Other times... It means um, taking some time and going out and, and making social connections and meeting new people that are going to be valuable additions to your life or valuable learning experiences for you, i.e. doing cold approach, for example, or i.e. going on dates and learning how to date. It's not always how brutal the task is. That is how big of an achievement it is. It's how much purposeful got done. And again, I'm, I'm speaking grammatically wrong here because I could have said how many purposeful things, but that wouldn't be right. How much purposeful stuff wouldn't be right. It's how much purposeful, like how much purposefulness was created or was done by your day. And that's why I say I did a good day, not I had a good day or I lived a good, I did a good day. So that's, that's what I want to do. I want to look back on that day. I want to look back on that week, that month, and I want to look back on it with self-esteem. I want to look back at it proud of how I lived it and what I did. And so a big part of it is picking things you're passionate about. The other big part is getting rid of time wasters. And what is a time waster? Now, I treat time wasters differently than a lot of people would. A lot of things that some people think would be time wasters, I actually don't think are time wasters at all. I've spent probably cumulatively years of my life playing games of various kinds, whether it be chess or poker or pool billiards or various games of strategy. I'm a huge fan of Monopoly, for example. I've spent tons and tons of time in my life playing these various games. And you could call that trivial. Because none of that has direct, well, poker did, um, and soccer maybe a little bit did. Very little of that has, many of those games have never directly paid me, right? So from a financial economic perspective, um, they were a waste of time. But did I learn from them? Yes. Did I grow from the competition? Yes. Was I mentally engaged in making myself mentally stronger and developing models for the world and models for success? Yes, right? And was I passionate about it and engrossed in it at the time? Yes. So in that sense, it actually was relatively productive. However, in excess, those things would not be productive. So for example, if I had an important thing that that's going, maybe I'm doing a launch for work where we're launching a new program, it's very important, it's, it's critical, et cetera. And instead of doing the launch, 
I spend my day playing blitz chess, that is not a day I'm going to look back at and be proud of. I'm absolutely not. However, on the flip side, if during my, my day to day, I've been spending, you know, half an hour a day working on my chess game, trying to improve. And then I go play a tournament and get a better result than I ever have at chess at a time when I had the free time to do it. And it wasn't negatively affecting my business. And, you know, I learned some lessons. I learned about how to improve at a skill. And I learned some lessons about discipline. I learned some fo lessons about focus. I learned some lessons about delivering in the moment when, when the chips are down. And I learned some, some lessons about being calm under pressure, et cetera. And I also achieved something. I did better than I ever have before. I would be happy with that aspect of my day. So if you ask yourself, like, is playing chess a good use of my time or a bad use of my time? The answer is yes, it's both, right? If it's done in the right way, that is congruent with me living a life I'm proud of, then it's very much a good use of my time. If it's done excessively or as a procrastination or as an excuse to avoid more important, more meaningful things in that moment, then it's been a net negative. And if it's done obsessively and it's not something that has a potential end in it, then it's probably not the best choice. Okay. There, there is some element of balance there, but it's all very subjective, right? It's all very subjective. And it's all very much based on your own values. It's based on how you envision a good life being, how you would like to see your life lived, and then being really honest with yourself and looking back as you look forward, if that makes sense. As you look forward to how you're going to live today, imagine yourself at the end of the day, looking back at it and say, is this action, is this thing I'm doing going to make me prouder of the way I live today? Is am I going to be happy looking back at the end of the day that I did this thing? Or at the very least, am I going to be okay with it? But ideally, am I going to be happy with it? If that's the case, it's probably at least not a terrible use of your time. Right? But do be very, very cautious of your big time wasters. And definitely notice if there are things that, that are continual big time wasters. And how do you know they're time wasters? One is, yes, the amount of time they're taking up. But the other is, how many days do they contribute to if you feeling a little bit less self-esteem about how you live that day? Right. If you day after day after day are feeling worse about yourself because you did this one particular activity and it took an hour of your day or two hours of your day every single day. Well, in that case, that's probably an activity to eliminate. Do I manage time? No, not really, because I'm really bad with time. I'm really awful with time. But what I am good with is purpose and sort of ambition and drive and self-esteem. And so I use those things to manage my life. And I don't really worry about time because I know that if I'm spending significant fractions of my time on purposeful things and because I'm doing purposeful things and because I'm mentally engaged in them, I am very focused and I lose track of time and get immersed in what I'm doing. If I do that often enough, experience has shown me that I will get overall good results and the time thing will kind of work itself out.